Curriculum Associates presents the Extraordinary Educators Podcast with hosts Danielle Sullivan and Sari Laveris. Hear tips, best practices, and successes to improve your teaching and leadership and drive student growth and learning. We're here for you. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Extraordinary Educator Podcast. This is Danielle. And this is Sari. This week, we are joined by extraordinary educator Mindy Gear, who is a third grade teacher in her 24th year of teaching in Michigan. I mean, it was such a pleasure talking with her because she has such an ease on how she approaches student-centered learning. And you can tell her expertise in teaching, but y'all, this is a masterclass in supporting students with understanding where they are, setting goals with them, having conversations around their data. She really laid out some wonderful best practices, but really easy to implement. Exactly. So here is our conversation with Mindy. Welcome back to the podcast, Mindy. We are so excited to have you. Thank you. I am so excited to be here with both of you. Hey, Mindy. So uh, we are in the thick of the beginning of the few months of school. And I wanted to dig in. Um, I remember last summer when we met you telling me about some really great strategies on and the importance of students owning their own data and their learning journeys. So first off, why do you think it's important for students to have um, ownership over their data, ownership of where they need to go to grow? Well, Danielle, I think that it is so important for kids to be in charge of their data. I really think that them seeing where they start and setting goals, it really pushes them to be better at whatever their goal setting um, subject may be. So can you walk us through, how do you begin to think about this and how do you operationalize having students track their own growth and goals in your classroom? Sure. Well, I think about um, what subject matter we're working on could be math and um, the topic that we're on and meeting kids where they're at, but showing them here's our standard, here's what we're achieving by the end of the school year is so important for them to know, but where they are at that point and where they would like to see themselves grow in math or also adding my feedback to just letting them know where they, you know, where we hope they are at the end of the year. And how long does this take? Because I know we hear from a lot of educators that sometimes having these conversations or, or tracking progress, like you just said, depending on the subject. So do you do different goals for each subject that you teach? And how long does that take? I think goal setting is ongoing. Um, I know with math and reading and writing, it's a lot of data chats with kids, sitting one-on-one with them, showing them where they're at, showing them what they are um, doing great at, what they've accomplished, and just saying, hey, here's our next steps. And this is something maybe you can't do yet, but this is where we're going. So I really think it's important to meet those kids maybe weekly, um, some maybe more than weekly, but I have found that um, I do have different goals, and that's my goal this year, in all the subject matters, whether it's math, reading, and writing. That's awesome. And thank you for everything you're doing with 
your students and having a goal without setting goals. Very meta here. I have a question for you more about just like logistically. So if I'm a listener and I'm a teacher and I want to do this with my students, if I, you know, teach elementary, I might have around 30 students, middle school, even more. How, how do you find the time to do that? Like, where does it fit into your school day? And how do you ensure that you're not missing out on um, instruction or other important parts of the day? Sure. Um, and that is something that I've struggled with as a teacher, and I know many teachers do. The past year, though, as one of my goals for myself is that I put a sticky note on my desk with five kids' names on it in the morning. And those are the five kids that I'm going to meet, make sure that I meet, whether it's in reading, writing, or math, um, throughout that day. So if I had, like this year, um, 22 students, then I'm hitting at least, I'm hitting everybody by the end of the week. Now, realistically, is it going to happen every week? No. And some I may need to meet more with, and it might take longer, but that's just making me accountable, knowing that I'm hitting those five daily. And with 22, you know, you're going to have six one day or four one day. How do you select the students? Do, do you review? Are there certain criteria that you're setting up to think about during each day to change the sticky notes? Or are you just kind of cycle through your students more systematically? I started cycling through and then I changed to um, looking at kids with the high needs. But the kids with the higher needs, I know I'm going to meet with. So it's really important for me to have a checklist of, okay, I've got to, I've got to start at the beginning of, you know, the top one, number one on my list and just go one through five. Then I might mix it up because then the kids, you know, they're third graders. They're aware, like, why does she meet with me every Monday? Why is she only talking to me about math on Monday? So I don't want it to be so routine. And in third grade, it's, we're very flexible. But it's so important to meet with those higher kids, the kids in the middle, the quiet kids that are, you know, you're sitting there thinking that they are um, getting it. But in reality, they're not until you sit one on one with them and look over, you know, where they are in, let's say, reading. And let's set a goal for the next time that I chat with you. I love that. What are the other students doing when you're having these data conversations? So I try to do it during productive group work. So when they're in a small group um, working, it could even be during independent work. It could be a quick chat during an assessment, a math quiz, exit ticket that they're working on. And I could easily call, you know, within that time, three, four kids over one-on-one. So it's really holding me as the teacher accountable. Absolutely. And thank you for sharing those systems that you have in the classroom. I think it's really helpful for others to hear just kind of how it works. In terms of the conversations you're having with students, it might sound like a silly question, but I know it's one that teachers wonder and I wondered when I first started um, in the classroom. Do you have the goal in mind before you meet with the student? Are you actually arriving at the goal together collaboratively? Or is it like you you, you know what you want it to be, but you in through your conversation, you have the student arrive at it Um, with your support? Like, how does the actual setting of the goal work? 
I think it's all of those. You know, I think at the beginning, like right now, the beginning of the year, we're getting through those initial testing and seeing where students are, where I may have this goal in mind, but after talking with the student, my thinking changes. And, you know, then we collaboratively um, set the goal. But I want their say in it, because if they're not part of that, they're not going to be as engaged or as driven to meet that goal. Absolutely. That's so, so important. And then um, piggybacking off of that, how do you then communicate the goals you set with families and how often does that happen? So I've done it a few different ways. Um, I've done it on a sheet where the kids are then writing down maybe, you know, math goal. This is my math goal. And then sharing it with parents at conferences saying, hey, this is what we set at the beginning of the year based on this data. And look how far your child has come since then. And now these are their new goals to push themselves. So, you know, being um, informative with parents is so important because then you have their support from home. I mean, Mindy, you just shared so much wisdom. Let's just recap for a minute for educators, because even you just snuck in another really great strategy called productive groups. I don't know, listeners, if you caught that productive group time, independent work time. We appreciate you so much because this is something that we have seen in our travels, high impact strategies of engaging students, making everything you just said, you want to make sure they're owning it, they're sharing it with their families. I love how you start a year with an idea, but then you use the students' interests and their progress to also recalibrate goals. So unfortunately, I mean, we could talk to you literally all day. I I could talk to you all day about this topic, but that's all the time we have. But just... As teachers are in the thick of it, what is some advice you could give them? Like it's, I think it's around October. Um, They've gotten a lot of their initial assessments. This is the time. October always feels like the longest month on the planet when you're in school because it's just you're waiting for Halloween. (laughs) You wait for Thanksgiving. So what advice can you give teachers, even if they didn't do this? How can they start now with this really important practice? Sure. I think that just taking on one subject focus on math. And what is something that maybe you see as whether it's, you know, a big chunk of your kids, um, maybe not understanding, you know, I think about the properties in multiplication in third grade. Oh my goodness. And what, what can you do with just that standard? Start small. Um, this is, I'm going into my 24th year of teaching and like I'm just now realizing some of the stuff to do. So give yourself grace. I'd say start small and, you know, involve the kids. It's amazing to me their ideas that they come up with or were you when you finally sit down or when you sit down with a student and you have that goal in mind, but then they say something else. And maybe that assessment that you had this goal all planned for, they just had a bad day and you're going through that conversation and they really understand what they did. So it's not just forming a goal on assessment data, but observations. And you really get to learn so much more about your students with those one-on-one data chats, goal setting, but it, it, offers so much more info. So true and really makes meaning of, of the data and and understanding the human behind it, right? Um, and, and also, I love what you said about ensuring that students are your partner in, in their learning. 
journey, right? You don't have to do it alone. They have great ideas and involving them is a win-win for all. So thank you again, Mindy, for being here. We love chatting with you, like Danielle said, and we appreciate your time. Get inspired by following us on social media and please tag us in your posts on Twitter at Curriculum Soch and on Instagram at MyIReady. If you have feedback about the podcast, a topic of interest, or want to be a guest, email extraordinaryeducators at cainc.com. Subscribe where you listen to podcasts. And if you'd like to help more educators like you join the conversation, please leave a review. And remember, be you, be true, be extraordinary. The Extraordinary Educators Podcast is produced by Curriculum Associates, editing by Whiteboard Geeks, social media by Atsdy Hannon, guest booking by Sari Labaris, production by Haley Browning. This podcast is copyright material and intellectual property of Curriculum Associates. Mm-hmm.